You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Short Shift Podcast is back. This is your host, Thomas Nystrom. I'm with our co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Andrew Johnson. Andrew, how you doing, brother? Doing okay. Doing great. I'd like to think that we are the David Krejci and Taylor Hall of the podcast world. What do you think, Thomas? <laughs> think we got that chemistry going already? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's kind of surprising. Like I want to I want to say that I expected this kind of chemistry, but it's been so long since you've really seen somebody click with Krejci mm-hmm. that it's, it reminds you how good this dude actually is. It's definitely fostered a lot of conversations about where he is in the Pantheon right now, not just in Bruins history, but in Boston sports history. Mm-hmm. He's clearly the, I, I went on the Cannons and Tomahawks podcast last week and we talked about David Krejci and I called him the most underrated athlete in Boston sports history. And that might be a bold claim, but I don't think it's that far off. I could definitely say that he can be in that conversation. And if it's not necessarily underrated, it's just kind of ignored. There's always been that caveat attached to his name where it's just like, like, have we seen his ceiling? Has he played to his ceiling? I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like there's, like, this myth around him that it's just, like, he's one of the best players ever, but he hasn't had the right pairing or hasn't put it all together and stuff. And I think that that whole narrative is kind of bullshit. I think we've seen Krejci, especially in the playoffs. Like That's, what, that's why playoff Krejci. That's why when we call playoff Krejci, Playoff crazy is getting a bit of an early start this year, or yeah. maybe not. Maybe, maybe his clock is saying it's playoffs right now. And that's why we're seeing this. I think the entire team's clock should be saying this is playoffs right now. Absolutely. This is a team that is barely in the playoffs right now and mm-hmm. somehow could also finish this division in first place. Five points behind <laughs> the caps with two games in hand. Um, I believe the Rangers got their death blow last night with a loss to the Islanders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, heartbreaking. Damn shame, huh? Yeah, it's just <laughs> heartbreaking. I feel really bad for it. Yeah. I just feel bad for New York sports in general, I guess. It's just uh, been, it's been a rough go. Man, you really are sick, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a long week, man. Or actually, honestly, it's been a short week. I've been sleeping like crazy. 
No. For anybody who has or hasn't gotten their uh, their vaccinations and all that stuff, uh, I didn't feel sick, but it definitely allowed me to get some uh, unexpected random rest for the last two days. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend it if you want to sleep. <laughs> oh, for real. Yeah, if, if you need, if you're if if you're falling behind, just get the pop and you're good, you're good to go. You ever take a nap in the middle of the day and wake up and you think it's like the next day? Yes. I and can, it, I'm convinced that it's like May 7th right now. Like I've been sleeping so periodically through the last 48 hours. It's both invigorating and terrifying. Yes. Because you're because you're like because you wake up and and you're like, what year is it? You're like Robin Williams and <laughs> <Yeah>. Jumanji. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I'm late for school because yeah. that part of your brain activates. <laughs> fuck up. Fuck up. I'm late for my class. It's like, dude, you haven't had class in at least seven years, man. Like <laughs> I, I, I had one of those about, I had one of those a few months ago. I, I bolted out of bed. I bolted out of bed and I'm like, fuck, I'm late for class. And I haven't gone to, I haven't gone to, I haven't gone to a physical class in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, but yeah, I mean, David Krejci is definitely in the conversation for most underrated. And uh, you earlier text me a question or, or an idea around him. Why don't you go ahead and bring that up? Should David Krejci have his number retired? I'll just go right into it. There are pros and cons to this, to this debate. And I asked it at the beginning of the year this year, because obviously David Krejci is getting up there in age and we're getting into, we're getting into, the twilight of his career as you know, Papa time is undefeated, but he's having another, he's having another good season. Like he was having, I think you, I was a little more gentler on Krejci than you were before, even mm-hmm. before Taylor hall. Um, I thought he was having a pretty decent year before hall got here, but now it's just, he's just shown, just shown just what he is right now. But Here's some pro here's some pros for the Jersey retirement. He's one of eight players on the Boston Bruins to have 700 career points. Led the postseason in scoring twice. Holds the NHL record for most goals in a playoff in 2011 by, by a player born in the Czech Republic. He ranks seventh all time in the Bruins in both games played and assists and is and this this stat shocked me. He's eighth overall in points. He will probably go down as the second best player to ever come out of the Czech Republic, outside bold, of Yamir Yager. That's a bold statement, but there, there's definitely an argument for that. Mm-hmm. But he was never a player that you would think of as you would go into the game, as you would go to the game, you know, you put on the Jersey and you go to the TD garden and you're like, Oh man, I can't wait to see what David Krejci does. He was never that kind of player. Mm -hmm. And you would think that a Jersey retirement would be, would be for those type of players, the big stars, Mm -hmm. the ones that were, but the, the ones that were, you know, the big shots, David Krejci was never a big shot. No, I mean he's not Cam. He's, he's not, not Cam. He's not. He's not Bam Bam. He's yeah. not. You know he he's not Rick. He's not Nifty. He's not. He's not mm-hmm. any of them. But I think there's a case for it. What do you think? 
I think, I mean, I would listen to a case. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial reaction would, would probably be that his number's not retired. He's going to go down as an all-time Bruin. But mm-hmm. I think there's a you could make make it a, a line in the sand between and what who's an all timer and who's somebody who's in, like number is going to be in the rafters. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's it. That's an interesting debate. What's the difference? That's and I I there definitely is a difference. Like there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. As far as players on the team right now whose numbers are going to be retired, two mm-hmm. very obvious ones mm-hmm. uh, with with Rask and and Bergeron. Krejci's, Krejci's debatable, but at the same time, I think Marshawn might be debatable. You know, like we're talking about longevity of career and everything. Is is Marshawn's number going to go up there? Like we can, this argument can go so many different ways. If we're talking about Marshawn, I say no right now. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he has the cash yet. Give him maybe, a couple more years. Yeah, maybe a might. couple more years. But yeah, but it, with that in mind, so so keep that right there in your mind. Mm-hmm. Is the reason that Krejci's numbers and Krejci's the idea of retiring his numbers that just based off of how long he's been here and the totality of of what he's put together from a production standpoint I think that's a fair question yeah so Uh like if you look at this if you consolidate his career to exactly as many games even that Marshawn has played for this team Mm -hmm. is his number retired no I'm not trying to knock on Krejci at all Krejci's Still one of my favorite players on this team, and I love David Krejci. And yeah, the reason that the too. reason the reason that this came up is because that fucking goal last that fucking goal on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! He 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 adopted two Buffalo Sabers. They are he is now their <laughs> father after that toe drag. Yeah, and passed to Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, you should see Taylor Hall's face after that goal. He just looked at Krejci like with a ga- like slack jawed. Yeah, where the fuck did that come from? Right, exactly. I'll tell you what, though, like that's a really that you're dangling right there with what I want to say about that play. Hmm. Those two dudes are playing the most inspired hockey that either one of them has probably played in three years. Unbelievable, unfucking believable how how much Taylor Hall has taken to this and how much Taylor Hall and David Krejci have just meshed so fast and so seamlessly. I almost I almost think it's better that it worked out this way rather than having gotten him this past offseason. It would have shut a lot of people up mm-hmm. uh, about this past offseason. And like you know, obviously our first couple episodes were completely going over the calm down. It was a COVID offseason, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm almost glad it worked out this way because they are getting to know each other and so fast. And so fluidly that I don't know if they would be in the same spot if they had been playing all season together. And obviously, like, I don't mean to say like they wouldn't be in sync, but they might have had a down period at a certain point and there might have mm-hmm. been more tribulations. Right now, they're they're knowing that their their nose is to the wire. It's peaking at the right got, time. Yeah, it's peaking, but they know like it has to peak now. So there's like that pressure, but it's like pressure is awesome when it's being fulfilled correctly. Mm-hmm. And and they're playing really well and they're getting good press out of it. And the team's loving it. And Hall looks completely different. His his man looks like he's been here for five years. You know well, what? Dude, like Hall, when Hall looks when like we, Nathan Horton right now. <laughs> when we were when we were discussing his like the day 
he got traded and they had that like zoom press conference or whatever. And he just looked defeated. And he was just saying that like he, he flat out admitted that he wasn't playing to what he was capable of and Mm -hmm. didn't really have answers and stuff like that. Like he looked like a sad dog, like a Mm -hmm. sad puppy. He's all smiles now. Like he looks, he looks like a kid again. Like he looks like a rookie who's just happy to be on a pro team. And he's, absolutely on a pro team and he's in a team that's destined for the playoffs at this point point. Mm. and man rask looks good swayman looks good the defense is doing what they need to do mm-hmm. carlo's coming back carlo's soon. coming back i have that's literally one of my only notes for this podcast yep. mm-hmm. carlo coming back if he is what he was earlier in the season before he had the injuries before he got knocked around basically this team all of a sudden is looking so dangerous and it's, it's almost, it, it's made the last couple of months of down hockey and bad, <laughs> bad Bruins hockey kind of worth it because it kind of showed, Hey, this is as low as we're going to get. It's all up here. And, and they're a fun team to watch right now. Even, even with all the dumbass fucking penalties that they're taking, even with, even with all the, the frustrating things. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been the problem of this team all year. It's not going to yeah. go away and it's going to, it's going to be something that can bite us in the ass in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. it's totally, it's totally fair. I mean, it's, even, yeah. it's, they have enough practice being in the penalty. When you have that much practice for being in the penalty kill, you fucking better be the number one team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And it it's, it's becoming, it's, it's becoming an epic, dangerously close to a certain word here, but it's, it's an (laughs) epidemic. It's an epidemic. Yeah. It's, um, I've had about enough of Connor Clifton. Um, even in a blowout win where the, where the, uh, where the, uh, the game is well in hand, he takes a stupid penalty with two minutes left. That's just, that's, that's Connor. That's Cliffy hockey for you. Yeah. And it's, that's just kind of a microcosm of the, of the penalty problems that this team has had this year. We we both know and our listeners know like there's good and bad with somebody like a Clifton, mm-hmm. the way he plays the game and whatnot. But other than the penalties, I feel like the rest of his game is kind of balanced out a little bit this year. So I'm not miserable about him. I'm not I'm not overly critical about him. I think he's by a, and he, large he's, he's improved. De- yeah, he's a but he's a seventh defenseman on in when when everything is even. Yeah, when when we're healthy, he's seventh at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. or at, at most, I should say. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Carlo coming back would be such a bonus. And you know what? If he's ready right now, I kind of don't even want to see him quite yet. Mm-hmm. Put him in the last couple games. Yeah, just just like, to get just to get his sea legs back. Yep. Like uh, the last game of the season's against Washington. Throw him in that. I don't even want to see him in the Rangers series. Don't waste him there. <laughs> no, it's just not because. He's had concussion issues this year, and it's a sensitive thing. It may only take one small bump to the head, and he may be out for the playoffs too. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would I would like to make sure that the minutes that he does spend, if he's going to give us 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I want them to be in the most important possible fucking game. Check out that top four. Grizzlick, McAvoy, Riley, Carlo. It's so weird to see Riley there, but it's also so... Such a relief, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. Like what a fucking acquisition, man. Every single night he's doing something that stands out every single night. Getting shots on net, making key, making key decisions with the puck. That's his, that's his strength. That's mm-hmm. his strength is just puck intelligence, pure and simple, full stop. But he doesn't give up stupid ass plays either. Like he's positionally aware. He's a, a really solid defenseman, obviously with mm-hmm. an offensive mind, but like, oh man, what a fucking pickup. Like what a fucking pickup that was. Mm-hmm. That honestly is like still like when I think about it, like the move seemed like nothing when it happened. And then the second you see him on the ice, it's like, holy fuck, this guy should have been a Bruin for the last three years. Yeah. I think, yeah, you said that you said, you said in the last episode that he looks like somebody who was, who was, been, was here for like the 2011 run. Yeah. Yeah. He, he reminds me of, of that type of player. Yeah. And it's Andy Ferentz. Yeah. 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 So we've got, uh, we've got seven games left this regular season. Mm-hmm. Like you said before, it's five points, five points out of first. Five points out of first, two games in hand right now. The, every single game is super crucial right now, and then also mm-hmm. like use, useless. <laughs> yeah, just get you know to the I mean? playoffs. Like, if the Rangers had won last night, I would still be a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. But the Islanders, the Islanders kind of did us a favor last night. Yeah, and finally, I think last night was New York's New York Rangers death blow, and they're six points behind us now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's going to be tough with seven games left for us. I don't, I'm not sure how many games they have left. I don't have that in front of me. They have five. They have five games. Yeah. Left. So they're barring a complete collapse from the Islanders and Boston. Oh man. Wouldn't that you be know? something if the Islanders, Islanders kept tumbling? And I mean, like I do love the last day of the season. I do personally love that the Islanders are falling off towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. However, we've seen that before and, a switch can get flipped and they may be hot as hell in the playoffs again. So I think the loss of Anders Leo for, for them has been very, very, very crucial. Yeah. And the, and the deadline deals for them haven't picked it back up really. No. If anything, it's kind of just continued the slide. Yeah. Hey, remember how we, we should have gotten Kyle Palmieri. Remember that until we got Taylor Hall? Well, Kyle Palmieri was right there. Yeah. Well, wolf. especially just looking at what was given up for these players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Yeah. I don't think Pittsburgh's fallen anymore. Mm. I think Pittsburgh's pretty much cemented into the two. Yeah, I think we'll leapfrog the Islanders mm-hmm. and end up in three. Honestly, I, I have no idea what that means for the way that the playoffs are going to line up, though. Well, Caps and Caps and Pens are now in a dogfight for number one. So mm. who would you rather play? Between those two? Yes. I would rather play Washington right now. Oh, Caps chirp. Mm. Hear that shit? Yeah. I think I think we match up well with Washington. Pittsburgh is stupid dangerous for no reason against us. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they're a better team than what the Bruins have been running out there lately, but they have been hot and they've been I think personally they've they've been a better team in Washington, a more consistent team than Washington for the last 2-3 weeks. And they have the they have the playoff acumen with yeah. well, I mean both teams both teams do but both teams do but Pittsburgh has had longer more sustained playoff success with the players that they have yeah I think I I, I think I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you I'd rather play Washington because mm-hmm. that game a couple weeks ago on NBC that's that Sunday day that Sunday matinee in Boston that was the first time I'd felt 
playoff atmosphere all season. Yeah. And I, yeah, we're, we're not going to get that atmosphere against Buffalo. We certainly didn't get it the other night and we're not going to fuck it. Buffalo. I, I don't, can, can we, can we go? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Can we have an edict here? I don't want to hear. I, I no, no, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Buffalo Sabres again this year. This I is it. Dead ass. We're done with it now. Yeah. We play them again tomorrow. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to watch that. game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so unbelievably sick of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. I'm done with them. Even my girlfriend last night was like, why are we playing Buffalo again? <laughs> yeah. And it feels like forever since we played like Philly. I miss Philly. I wouldn't I mind having Philly. I wanted to see them like one more time. Yeah. Just to yeah. like kind of just put an exclamation point on how wrong I was about them. I I thought that they were going to be number two this year. And they they played like number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Carter Hart. Jesus, Carter Hart. man. Carter Hart fucked up his knee, sprained MCL, and they yeah, just they, they and they were just like shut it down. It's just a mess. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't I don't necessarily have I don't necessarily feel bad for Philadelphia fans, but mm-hmm. knowing that that's a passionate sports city, what a fucking waste of a year! Like mm-hmm. all that all that hype and all that build up, I bought into it. Oh yeah, well that's a that's a that's a talented front 12 that they Mm. have over there it's just when it's just a house of cards supporting a skyscraper defense and goaltending was just awful shit coaching from the jump (laughs) what'd you say i said shit coaching too shit how does elaine vigneault keep getting passes i don't know if he's not gone at the end of the season i'd be surprised though i really honestly i really think he might be gone Mm-hmm. I still love that quote from a Flyers fan. We went from Dave Hackstall to Dave Hackstall with a martini. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> yep. I, I wanted one of the things I wanted to bring up today. Mm. Go. Charlie Coyle on the wing. Oh, this has been kind of a hot debate within yeah. the BNG, the BNG groups. Yeah. You know what? Like I was completely against it. And then he, he looked good the other night. He looked, I think mm-hmm. if anything, he's, kind of playing with a little bit of fire under his ass just because he's playing out of his comfort zone. And maybe that was by design. Cassidy knows how to push buttons, man. But I, I, I will, I will ask this. Coyle has two the defensive people who were, who were, who were vehemently against Coyle on the wing. Coyle has in the past played the, played the wing shittily, mm-hmm. but I'm going to quote an old PT friend of mine. Who said? Who made a very, very good point that, and you kind of touched on it with the comfort zone comment. Him playing on the wing forces him to use his size on the walls instead of just skating to the center and just parking his ass in front of the goaltender. He's winning almost every board battle he's in because he has to be there. He doesn't just he doesn't drift to the middle anymore. That's how he has to play the wing. He has to use his size like that. Yeah, I and mean, dig in the yep, and dig in the corner to not and get be, dirty. Yeah, he's forced to not be lazy. Yeah, not to say that he's been lazy, but he has not been an energetic source. Like uh, Charlie Coyle is a much better player than what we've seen this year. I'm convinced. Absolutely, one hundred percent. We've we've seen him better than this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Playoff if Coyle been, also exists. I'm 
ready for it to appear. And if mm-hmm. the other night him getting on the score sheet was his first appearance, I'm all that for was it. a coil goal too. Yeah, that was, was a Charlie Coil goal. Dude looks so happy about scoring too. Mm-hmm. And so you know what? Like that's one of those things that like the team's going to rally around. They they know when you've got a player sitting in the locker room who is just fucking grinding and not finishing because mm-hmm. he hasn't finished in fucking months. And hi, Corrali. Yeah. Hi, he, Chris Wagner. There's a hu- yeah, but you know what? There's a huge difference between those two guys in coil just based on coils making three fucking, times as much. Well, that and just, just to the tier of importance mm-hmm. you need more out of coil. Right. Comes to actually getting the puck in the net or at least getting some fucking strong assists stuff. Creation. Coil has been a letdown and he gets a pass because he's fucking coil and, and this fan base loves him and I love him, but I brought this up earlier in the year. Do do you remember when I brought this up earlier in the year that people were giving Jake DeBrus shit for things that Charlie Coyle was skating for? Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. People were finally were finally saying, "Hey, this guy's not doing what he needs to do." Well, I think it just think took in longer. General, yeah, in general, I think that the Bruins fan base is kind of led by a few, a few opinions. If you if if you know what I mean, like there's a few people who will post or write or whatever certain things, and once those are up, that becomes the the bandwagoners or the the fair weather mm-hmm. fans. That's what they latch onto. Absolutely, they they grab those narratives and then it's the same, it's the same fucking tweet from 50 accounts. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it gets brutal. It's like following Adam Schefter for draft news. Yes, exactly. I don't, I literally don't follow Adam Schefter because I know I'm going to see his shit no matter what. doesn't matter. Yeah, right. (laughs) So it's, it's just one of those things. Mm -hmm. If we get coil hot or honestly just get coil fucking functioning. If we get him functioning for the playoffs, Mm Mm-hmm. Krejci and Hall continue their shit. Smith ramps it right back up because he was on fire for the last couple of weeks. Slight tail off, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Get that first line going. The goaltending's there. Get healthy with Carlo. Holy shit. This is a team that may be able to make a little bit of a deep run. And I did not say that a month ago. No, no. You were, you were... You were teetering on the ledge, my friend. Yeah, I was I was digging a hole for us. Mm-hmm. And now I'm standing in that hole. It's only knee deep. Mm-hmm. I've got a beer in my hand. <laughs> and I'm just thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zay, man. You know, this is the this is the kind of year, the pandemic year, where the highs are the highest and the lows are the lowest. Yeah. I remember even when we were going, we were playing 700 point percentage hockey and you were like, this team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, and I was like, but look at the record, but you're kind of right. <laughs> well, I mean, there was, there. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, it wasn't like early, early in the season, but when we started kind of just playing mediocre hockey and then in grinding out wins, mm-hmm. it's like, how long is this going to last? How long is this sustainable? Right. We knew it wasn't sustainable. And then that's when we got that down period and we fell from first place to fourth place pretty mm-hmm. fucking quick. Yeah. Because the rest of the division all of a sudden started picking it back up. I, I, now, I also find, I find now it to me the division's kind of dropping off a little bit, just, mm-hmm. just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. And Boston's picking it up. So we said 26 of the next, of the last 34 points post trade deadline. Where are we at? 
We're at 16 out of the last 20. Yeah. Can't get much better than that, man. I know, honestly. I know. And the only two, and 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 the two losses were the um, uh, we'll just kick our feet up against Buffalo, (laughs) and then a one shot loss against Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was that one was a lot tougher to swallow. That was a brutal game. Mm -hmm. It was an excellent defensive game. Mm -hmm. If if that's the type of hockey you want to see, yeah. Earlier in the season, like first like month or two. Right. I love those games, win or lose. I just love seeing that type of hockey. When you need those points, especially against a team that's slightly above you in the in the standings, I don't want to see those games. Mm-hmm. I would rather have lost 5-4 right. because that team did not look like it had the same fight in it that it did the other night against Buffalo or a couple games ago against Washington, whatever. Like, I want to see those fights. I like. I want to see the team scrapping, and for that reason, I'm almost a little bit disappointed that the Rangers have kind of fell out. Mm-hmm. Because man, those would have been really those would have been two real good warm up games, like to really put us in that p- playoff mindset. Yeah, it's a because goddamn Rangers, shame that Lemieux got traded. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Lemieux. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so another question I, I brought up. I brought up Coil. You had already brought up. Krejci, mm-hmm. one more player that's been a hot topic on Bruins Twitter. Mm. Frederick's back in the lineup, mm-hmm. deservedly so. I think it, I think he needed to be back in this lineup. Mm-hmm. We need to see if we can get him going for the playoffs. Hasn't given us anything. I even said games. I, it's been an up. I, I even said that him being sort of unnoticeable has been an upgrade from what he was doing. Yeah, and you know what? It's I would like to see some shots. Yeah, I would like to see something. We saw a little bit of physicality. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Did he? Did he have a penalty in on the 29th against Buffalo? I don't remember. I don't think so. He was trying to start something with uh, Darlene. Darlene wasn't having yeah. anything of it. No, Darlene has no reason to fucking have anything to do with Frederick. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> Rizzo, that team doesn't need to drop a glove at this point. They need to just throw him in trash bags and head home. Yeah, first it was Darlene, then it was Ristolainen, and I, 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 I wish a motherfucker would, man. <laughs> I the wish. only thing, the only thing I really noticed that about Frederick was he had two less shifts. Mm-hmm. From eight, I think he had like he either had eighteen and twenty or twenty and eighteen or eighteen and sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he had like mm-hmm. a few less shifts the second go around or second game that he's been in, which was the one against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair amount, like not a ton of ice time. I think he was somewhere around like 10 minutes against Pittsburgh. But yeah, I think you're right. He wasn't super noticeable out on the ice, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's um, not a bad thing now. Yeah. Pick it back up a little bit. and Get, get your sea legs, you know, we'll allow for a few games for that. I mean, he didn't play for three weeks, so yeah, you got to give exactly. him a little bit of a break. But, exactly. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to see him back in there. I think that's one more body that they could kind of rotate these last seven games and mm-hmm. and just I want I want the best possible. I, I mean, this is obvious, but I want the best possible roster out there. Game one of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that include him? I think it should. I think it can. That's not our decision, and it's certainly not Bruins Twitter's decision. Well, that actually, that actually. Brings up another player I kind of want to talk about with Jake with uh, Trent Fredericks in. Mm-hmm. Jake DeBrusque is out. 
my question is, as somebody who has been a ardent DeBrusque defender, he's had a awful season. Yeah. He's been terrible. Is he trade bait? I mean, we thought he was at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't really have value right now. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has. I don't think he has any value. Yeah. Not, not, not what we would need in a return. Because no matter how much people are bashing him right now, if we traded him for next to nothing, we lose that trade. We we're losing the trade no matter what. Like mm-hmm. we just are. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with him? I don't. I don't necessarily know, but. Playing him on the right side, ain't it? No. I mean, there's there's no there's no mistaking if if this was NBA jam, <laughs> Boyle and DeBrusque are not <laughs> in that lineup for us. Uh, it's it's been rough because those are two players that you have to expect more from and, and you do expect more from, and mm-hmm. you just didn't get it this year. Yeah. And when and if this team goes down in the in the playoffs, those are going to be two of the scapegoats. They just are. Right or oh, and Rask. And, don't yeah, and, unless unless Rask is in net for whatever clinching game we lose, <laughs> then it's Jesus. then it's all on him. Man, you're 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 covering all the bases here. Yeah, I mean, like that. I mean, those are the three lightning rods on this fucking team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeBrusque, DeBrusque, Rask, and Coyle. Yeah. Uh. This season's been obviously a shortened season, but it also feels like one of the longest seasons. Oh yeah, for sure. And one thing, one thing that did that blew me away, considering um, considering this is this has been a shortened season. The Boston Bruins were only able to have one full practice in the last forty-eight days, and they played twenty-eight games. <laughs> it's not right, honestly. Like that's mm-hmm. not how hockey is. is. This is what's being forced on them because poor scheduling, poor planning on the part of the NHL. Obviously, it's all because of the COVID certain season and COVID issues with multiple teams that we've gotten the brunt of. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the shit that gets put behind, but like that's this is part of the the mad rush. Like there's when these playoffs are over, no matter how far you go, these teams are going to need a well-deserved rest and it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be a very long rest because the next season is supposed to start on time yeah jesus so i don't know and that's going to be in and man this june well i mean ne- ne- by next june stanley cup finals people are going to be gonna, are going to be held together by twine and a wish yeah and I mean, th- this year, this year, I think, I think, we're, I think we're at the point now. It seems as if we're at the point now, where, and this has happened in every major league where the adjustment has happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vancouver Canucks, notwithstanding, they have to, <laughs> they had to, put, they have to play nineteen games in thirty-one days. Yeah, honestly, it, like. Which, if you want to talk about not right, Jesus Christ. It's it's not right, and honestly, the only reason that they're going to have to fucking finish this shit out is just because of the rest of the teams in that division, just mm-hmm. for fair play. But, I mean, them them getting run out there a few weeks ago, what was it, like two weeks ago, that they got run out there with like a fucking makeshift team? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yep. That's, 
that's dangerous, honestly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, for sure. I don't sure. know what else to say, really. Yeah, they ba- they 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 basically they basically ran out the Utica comments because yeah. they had to. Yeah. Because the NHL forced them to. A mess. Not 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 good. Not cool. Not fair. Yeah. Not right. Indeed, like you just said, Utica. That just reminds me. P Bruins. Providence has three games left, and mm-hmm. no playoffs, which which is a bummer because. They've got a good squad this year. They've been and great. I unfortunately haven't gotten to use my AHL TV pass nearly as much as I've wanted to this year. But I've used it. I've used yours more than you've used yours. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, but no, good on it, them it, for a great season. And yeah, I mean, it's like I, th- I think you said uh, on the on the BNG uh, group, like the Slack or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's that it was it's strictly a, a developmental season and stuff and that's all well and good, but they have been playing competitive games and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and playing well. And, and man, it's one thing to not go up to Boston to see a game. Right. But for me living where I live, I'm, I'm 10 minutes away from catching a Hartford Wolfpack game. Um, 30 minutes away from, uh, Bridgeport. I have media credentials in Bridgeport. So I, normally would go to almost every Providence game down in Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. And then I love going to the Dunkin' Donuts Center and watching a Providence game, hitting the bars around there and, and just having a good time, hitting the casinos on the way back. <laughs> it's My a, man. It's a, it's a good <laughs> trip. You know what I mean? Like, it's a good hockey. It, there, it's I love minor league hockey. Minor league hockey is why I fell in love with hockey in the first place. Mm-hmm. So th- th- there's a, a hole in my heart this season. That said, I really wish we could have seen what Providence would have done, not only this year, but last year. They mm-hmm. had a really good team, and that got ripped away from them. Like, this is this is the point, you know? Like, that it's developmental. We want to see what's coming down the pipe for Providence, or for Boston. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there have been some very promising stories for Providence this yep. year. Yep. Um, Brady Lyle, somebody who I wrote about back in December for BNG, just parlayed his strong year into an actual two-way NHL deal. Yep. Uh, Jacob Lauko might be the next big prospect to come up through the pike. He looks like a Czech Marchand, which, <laughs> yes, please. And then we have, you know, Zach Senishin exists. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Swayman plied his trade over there. Vladar's having a good year over there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's it really is a damn shame. That- and it, it, I remember when they first announced the schedule. And I, I think I was actually chatting with with Mark on the uh, on the BNG group, and they put it out there, and it's like, holy fuck, we're only playing three other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this is this is the weirdest looking schedule. It's strictly developmental, whatever. Like, yeah. there's reasoning and all that stuff, but it doesn't make it any weird. Less weird year, but it's still yeah, it's disappointing. I want to see these kids finish it off, but they're going to play three more games. They finish up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But then, but then what? Do you think we do, do, let's 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 go nuts for a second? Do we see? Do we see anybody? Do we see anybody like maybe come up and make an make an NHL debut in the playoffs? Because it has happened. I mean, it's happened before. I don't. I hope not. Well, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I hope we don't need it. Right. Because that's telling us that something went terribly wrong or yeah 
some sort of injury or whatever. Like we, we may see that's when Mar- so. Matt Bartkowski is playing top pairing minutes in, yeah, in the Toronto series. Oh, Jesus fuck. Christ. <laughs> uh, who the hell is Wade Redden? Who the hell is th- <laughs> who the hell is this version of Wade Redden? <laughs> oh man. You know, like one of the things that's actually been on my mind for a few weeks and we haven't really discussed it if on or off air. Mm. <sighs> So we've been playing the same teams all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruins have played or will have played everybody what, eight eight times or whatever it is. Well, I think it's everybody eight times, but I believe they've played the Buffalo Sabres 464 times. It feels like that. Yes. But also, to the, you got to remember in the beginning of the season, we were like, please let us play Buffalo. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, all these people are beating them. And now, and now Give it's us some like, free points. And now it's like the fa- the family guy bit with the cigarettes. <laughs> he has a whole cot of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah um, it, it, I, what do you think like so we've been playing the same teams the whole t- the whole year obviously so has Toronto's played all the same teams all year etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. what is it going to be like when we intermingle again like how exciting is it going to be regardless of a Bruins game but like to see two teams <laughs> that haven't touched each other in well <laughs> over a year get on the ice. Like it's going to be so exciting just to see a new matchup. I'm going to be thrilled. I really hope that the NHL doesn't get stars in their eyes and keeps, keeps this alignment mm-hmm. because if they had get, if they, if they do Gary Bettman has crawled up his own ass yet again. Um, but I, I was hearing, I've been hearing a lot of that. I've been hearing a lot of that that the that the board of governors really like this arrangement because it fosters divisional rivalries. Well, and I get that argument. Yeah, I've made get, that argument on this podcast. Yes, I, you like, have. I think with uh, Mark from uh, the Flyers podcast early early in the in the season. Yes, and and I understand that argument, but I want to I want to play a Western Conference team next year, man. <laughs> Yeah, but my argument was never that we should only play our division, though. It was yeah, no, it was like, no, it wasn't that we should I, play more, play more within our division. Not this, yeah. not not. I miss when we played Montreal six times, and then yeah. it would, and then, but then I think when they did the metropolitan, the metropolitan sort of rebranding rearrangement, mm-hmm. they change it to playing all your divisional time people four times a year, and that's not enough. No, it's not. It's it's just so not find a. Find the happy medium. The happy medium for me was your division rivals have to, you got to play them six or eight times. And then mm-hmm. what are we missing out on this, this year? Like 22 other games. You know yes. what I mean? Yep. You, that's, that gives us an opportunity to go out to the West coast, mm-hmm. bang them all out. Long road you, trip. But, do you, but you know what yeah, I mean? Like, do you, do you do that thing? Do you do a thing where you start in Seattle, you play the Kraken? And you just kind of go down the coast. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think a, f- a four-game <laughs> trip out there, and then you got to go back mm-hmm. out and, and kind of hit Vancouver and some of the Midwest teams mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, I think you should still play every fucking team, every mm-hmm. team, and not mm-hmm. for nothing. Like, those teams, like, when I was in Nashville, those games when the Rangers came to town or the Bruins came to town or the, the Blackhawks came to town, like, those were money games. Yeah. Those were sellouts. Teams depend on those. You can't tell me that a, even a Columbus Blue Jacket fan who's diehard doesn't look at the calendar and see when the Bruins are coming to town and be like, that's one of the games that I definitely want to go to. Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. see him play those teams. Sure. It's an original six team. It's a classic fucking team. It's a league. It's, it's, it's a league staple. 
you want to see those teams. So Anaheim fans and LA King fans and all that stuff, they're not getting to see the Rangers and they're not getting to see the Capitals and Ovechkin and stuff like that. That's, that's bad for the league. Yeah. And I, I said at the beginning of the year that I was in, in terms of the North division, I was looking forward to the, to watching the battle of Alberta 10 times because yeah. that became a street fight at the end of last year. Yep. But I think I'm good now. Yeah, but but I I know I know you're like on the fence about the idea of like really pushing the divisional shit. Mm-hmm. But again, like I'm not saying just divisional shit. I'm in favor should, of having it more. Sh- it, it needs to be more because I yeah. want the division. The division should mean something, right? The rivalry should mean something. Yeah. What a hell of a year to have played so many games against the Caps. Mm-hmm. What yeah. a what a hell of a year to like I don't remember the last time I was super interested in the actual result of a Rangers Bruins game. <laughs> and those games have been phenomenal. Like they've yeah, done some really good great. fucking physical games. They've been the great. Islanders beat our ass early in all season. But it's mm-hmm. still awesome to see us play those type of teams consistently. And mm-hmm. at the end of this year, at the end of this regular season, we're gonna see who wins these these divisions, and these teams will have fucking earned it. Mm-hmm. And I think that right there is good for hockey. So there's there there's good and bad to take away from it. Yeah. So just like most things in life. Yeah. Um. But what do you do? For, what do you do for next year? What do you do for next year? What does Thomas Nystrom do for the divisions next year? You are well, you like I said, put in like, charge. Like I said, like I think it should be the the focus should be divisional play, but you still play every other team. So we're playing sixty games this year. But do you keep the divisions? As is. I think they're I think they're perfect. The uh, you're talking about team alignment. Mm-hmm. I think they're perfect. Interesting. And one okay. of the reasons I say that I would obviously I would love to play Montreal a couple of times. I'd love to play Toronto a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I want to play them. I want to play them like in in games that it really matters. You know what I mean? Like the opportunity to fuck man. Like can you imagine? Like obviously that this isn't possible at the moment or or even the alignment that I'm talking about but like could you imagine if it was like a a, a Habs Bruins Stanley Cup final like if if somehow oh man I would like die I, I would I'd be dead you need to find a new co-host the I, the idea of the east <laughs> east west and all that stuff like I don't think it should be east and west I don't I don't I think all four divisions should be completely their own assets mm-hmm. we play in between them and stuff like that but it should come down to the best two teams in the Stanley Cup so do you think this alignment is the best chance for this this alignment as it is right now for this year is the best chance for that? I think that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? Like I I can't I can't really I don't think I'm really Because getting, we like, haven't played 24 across. other teams or yeah, exactly. other teams. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if I'm fully getting my point across, but like maybe at the end of end of the regular season you get the four best teams from each each division, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking at the Canadian division and the East being one side of this chart and the West and the South on the other side, you know what I mean? Like what, how, how are we really, or the central? Like, is that what we're looking at? Or are they just saying, okay, once you're in the playoffs, you are going to get seated on record and this and that and that mm-hmm. all these parameters and stuff. And you kind of just restart the table, almost like the sweet 16 uh, basketball you know what uh, i mean like uh, uh, that's that's a, that's a that's an interesting model okay like, does this mean like we all right we're in the playoffs now we have to play the caps or we're aligned with the caps or we're aligned with um the islanders mm-hmm. or can we just start over 
You got 16 teams in there. What was their final records and stuff like that? And reseed. Reseed entirely. Mm -hmm. And it should be like that each round. So start off with eight and eight, and then you're going to end up with eight teams after the first round. Reseed again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be, I think that would be fun as hell. Mm -hmm. Not traditional at all, but this is a very untraditional year. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be mad if we saw something like that. And maybe, maybe an untraditional year such as this will get the NHL out of their traditional, traditional to a detriment mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Take still not account. fully convinced, but you've yeah. given an argument that's made me really think about it a little deeper. I, I want to see this, this sport step a little bit out of the box. Think of how, how the timing is actually working. Mm-hmm. NBC's done. Well, that that's that's ESPN another and thing. Fox now, like, like maybe. No, it's ESPN and Turner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a uh, TNT, TBS. T- TNT and TBS. Yep. That's so weird. So I, I, um, I've, I've confirmed this story with three different sources. You know what NBC's final offer to the, to uh, the NHL was? Probably embarrassing as fuck. One hundred twenty-five million dollars. Yeah. It's like no. Guess how much. The t- the Turner ESPN NHL murder was six twenty five. If TBS is willing to throw in more money than NBC, that's just a slap in the fucking face. Yeah, and well, you know the- what? You know what? Part of the problem is it's because NBC didn't do a good enough job with the product. Hundred percent. ESPN getting involved. ESPN has way more at stake. ESPN is the sports conglomerate. Mm-hmm. The production that we're going to see coming in, into next year, it's going to be. It's it's going to be like a brand new fucking sport the way it's presented. So with that in mind, let's do some fucking fun shit and realign the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do our best to give us the best two fucking teams fighting for the Stanley Cup in June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. All right, all right, so, all right. I'll I'll sell you on it eventually. Well, no, you you're starting to you're yeah. starting to like my. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that if they continue with this divisional alignment that the NHL will fucking galaxy brain itself and keep the only play within divisions for <laughs> for mm. next year too. I just, I don't see that. Like yeah, that's, that's I, one I thing I just don't hope see. Not. I yeah. fucking hope not. But the NHL has has done some really heinously stupid shit over the years. They have, but you have to assume that the owners of some of those other franchises, like I was saying, the ones that want those original six mm-hmm. coming and they want those Northeast teams and they want the Canadian teams coming down south. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to speak louder than Gary Benton and being, oh, I really like this idea of just let's just keep the divisions. It's keeping travel costs down and. Blow, that was blow, a blow. really good impression of Gary Bettman. Please never do it again. I've never heard him speak. You nailed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Just because he's been he because that 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 is the voice of every mealy mouthed lawyer you'll ever meet. So you, you got just it. have to visualize <laughs> yourself as a penis and then just speak. And there's Gary so, Bettman. Well, actually, if you, that impression was exactly how what uh, joining Bennington sounds is, so. <laughs> He he actually is the visualization of a penis. Though. He is an absolute. He is an absolute penis. Yeah, one hundred percent penis. Stop the puck and one, stop trying to pick fights, you wang. He's he's a a very financially secure penis right now, though. 
Yeah, financially secure, <laughs> financially secure penis robbing St. Louis blind while giving below replacement goaltending. That's the best. Great job. <laughs> hey, dude, honestly though, he's unfortunately he's got a cup and it you can never take it away from him, so it doesn't even fucking matter. Well, then, well, then, then it becomes a debate of who would you rather have, Dan Moreno or Trent Dilfer. Right now, Jordan Bennington is fucking Trent Dilfer, and I yep. will never want Trent Dilfer. I'm looking at it as the uh, I'm I'm 37 years old now. I'm definitely past. I, I I've come to the realization that I'll never go pro in any sport at this age. Come on, they're still bowling. <laughs> Pete Thanks, Pete dude. Weber was winning titles at 53. You got this. <laughs> but it's like I am thinking of like oh man. What would I do, like, just for one good season, one championship? Like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's one more than I have. And ultimately, right. like, with all the sports arguments and how people are just like, oh, this guy sucks, I always end up, like, in my mind, like, coming down to, well, they're better than us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're sitting here, like, trashing DeBrusque's game or Coyle's game or yeah. fucking Frederick has a terrible stretch and... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's just right. like, man, these guys suck. It's like, but they're so much fucking better than me. God damn it. <laughs> that it's, you know, the, 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 wor- the worst in the professionals is still a hundred times better than any of us. Cause they made it. Yeah. So yeah, that is something that they can never take away. But because, but because we are hashtag blessed enough to be in a medium where professional sports are for the consumption. So we can say that, you know what, Jordan Bennington, he's made the pinnacle. Yeah. He's amazing at what he does. He's still a fucking penis. Yeah. Still a giant peen. (laughs) But that is, that is the beauty of professional sports. They put themselves out there for schmucks like you and me to judge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to do it to a few hundred people who listen to the podcast and (laughs) schmucks like all of us cheers yep that's it man so this is normally the point in the show when we start making predictions no uh, we're not i'm we're gonna skip over buffalo because i'm fucking done talking about them so fuck that prediction i am so sick of buffalo yeah so we got jersey for two nights then we've got the rangers for two nights then we got a one-off with the islanders and finish with a one-off against washington Mm-hmm. Those last six games. What did you say we're at points wise? Sixteen out of twenty. Uh, yep, sixteen out sixteen out of twenty. So, which means to get to our prediction of twenty six, we need ten out of the next fourteen. Yep. Do you think they can do it? Let's let's. We don't need to go game by game. Do you think yes. they're going to get ten points in the next fourteen? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Ten of the next ten of the next fourteen on the table. Yes, I do. So once against uh, two of those points are going to come from the team that we shall not name. Yes. I think two of the four points will come from Jersey because Jersey's played us tough all year, but I think we are due to smack them around a little bit and get ourselves over that little hurdle mm-hmm. towards the playoffs. Oh, thank God. I think the Rangers, I think, I think you, you called it with the Rangers being out. I think mm-hmm. the air's out of their tires. They're not going to play us the way they, they would have. So I think we can take all four points from them. I'd love to see how David Quinn motivates that squad. Yep. No, really, I would I would love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> One day maybe we will. No, we won't. He'll be fired. 
So for me, like the prediction would have to come down to you got to take two points out of the Islanders or Washington on that that very end of the season because mm-hmm. it's it's again we don't have very many days off here. It's going to be an interesting week and a half. We're going to have we'll have one more podcast before the end of the season, and then obviously we'll have the end of the regular season podcast and start previewing a, a playoff matches. Mer- oh match, man! So oh man! Knock on wood, that'll be that'll be an interesting one, and that is going to have like I wanted to have a guest today, but with with everything going on with my health this past week and just not being able to be conscious for more than fucking two hours at a time this this was was supposed to be a week where we had a, a guest we nixed it it's gonna be for the playoffs like we have to have some round table talks and i i just can't wait man i want to i want to fast forward through the rest of this regular season and just get there i just i want to know how it's going to shape up Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. know. I said last week, I want to know what this team's going to be. There's still a lot of moving and shaking to go, but let's go, man. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, too. I'm ready, too. This is a playoff team. And what, and what have people been bothering you with for the last few weeks once you get in the playoffs? Anything can happen. No, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over that bullshit. <laughs> There's my non-optimistic boy. There he is. is. <laughs> Clutching my neck said it's all supposed to be.